Intentionally Grounded. I'm your host, Brian Woolley, along with my co-host, John Kessler. Episode 57 features the head coach of Clear Creek Amanda, Gabe Baker. Coach Baker discusses his leadership development program, turning around programs who haven't experienced success, coaching in a no-huddle offense, and the art of play calling. This season, Intentionally Grounded is partnering with First Down Playbook. For coaches looking for a playbook software that is user-friendly and can deliver the clarity necessary to share and communicate your scheme with coaches and players alike, check out First Down Playbook. For more information, check out their website at firstdownplaybook.com. And for our listeners of our show, enter the code IGFB20 when purchasing individual or program memberships to receive a discount at checkout. Again, that code is IGFB20. Don't forget to check out our website at igfootballcoach.com for all our blog posts and podcast episodes. And check out our newly released YouTube channel that houses the video cast version of our podcast episodes as well, along with additional content related to leadership, football, and coaching development. Season 3, Episode 7 of Intentionally Grounded with Coach Gabe Baker starts now. Well, Coach, go ahead and tell us about yourself and your background as a coach and, and what got you into the coaching profession and maybe who are some of the coaches in your life that have shaped your philosophy? You know, one of the things uh, that I've always wanted to do in my life was be a, be a high school football coach. Uh, for some reason, that was, that was always part of what I wanted to do. Uh, part of it came from my mom, I think. Uh, my mom was a high school volleyball coach at Dagny Hartford for, for 25 years, and I saw what she did and the impact she had on kids, and I wanted to do that. Uh, I love the game of football, and that was kind of what, what got me going every day when I went to school and uh, tried to look at a career. Uh, after, after that's what I wanted to do, I, I went to Iowa State, uh, played football there, and I really um, wanted to continue that passion. And, and I had that passion from, from a high school football coach. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people might know him. He's Tom Wilson, who's now at Dowling High School in Des Moines. Uh, he, he really guided us. Uh, my team and I uh, in high school, and I really loved what he did for us. Uh, he, he's like a second father to me and always has been. He's still a big influence in my life, and I really can't uh, thank him enough for everything he's done for me in my career and uh, really my athletic uh, life, lifetime. Uh, another guy that was very influential uh, with my football background would be my college strength coach, uh, Matt McGettigan. He's, he's at Air Force now. We've, we've kind of kept in contact through emails. Um, but he really shaped me as a man and, and really guided me with how I wanted to be uh, with, other, with other athletes and people that I'm close to. Now, having played at Iowa State and looking at the program that, uh, you know, Coach Matt Campbell has built, what does that really kind of say to you or what's your kind of reception of the program, you know, looking at it from this perspective now? You know, there, there's a lot of pride. You know, we spent a lot of time there. Uh, we put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that thing. And when, when I played there, I was, I was a walk-on. Uh, I was just one of the guys, uh, played some special teams here and there. But we loved Iowa State football, and that was the time. We went to four bowl games in five years uh, when I was there. Uh, there was a lot of success, but it wasn't uh, success at a, at a high level. Uh, I think what Matt Campbell's done is he's, he's brought in it, the idea that you can be uh, successful at Iowa State, and you can do that at a high level. Now, I know the, the year ended uh, not the way they wanted it to this year, uh, but the talent they're bringing in and things like that make me very excited for the future. Um, one, of, one of the things I really enjoy about him is that I love the process that he's taken. You know, they're trying to build young men uh, and not just a football program. Uh, I, was, I was a part of 
uh, one of his first mentoring programs. Uh, I think he does a great job with that where he, he matches up former players uh, with uh, current, current players that have, uh, that have a career in mind that, that matches with us. So there was two years where I, I went to some mentor meetings with a linebacker that was there that wanted to be a high school teacher. Uh, and we just got to know each other, and it was a good thing to network. Um, but I, I think at this point in time, 100% of their athletes have a mentor in that mentoring program, which, which is really awesome for those kids and for Iowa State. Also with Iowa State, I really love kind of the attitude they're taking that, well, why can't it be us? You know, they have to do some things a little bit differently scheme-wise. Uh, some of the stuff I really enjoy, and we've started to implement in our program, which we might talk about a little bit later. Coach, so you, you uh, obviously played at Iowa State. Uh, your first coaching job, though, then you joined, um, and Coach Wilson probably would hate to hear this, right? But uh, you joined uh, the Valley Tigers and Coach Gary Swenson. And anybody that's from Iowa obviously understands that, um, you know, between Coach Wilson and Dallin Catholic and then obviously uh, Valley with Coach Swenson, those are two of the premier programs in the Midwest um, and have been for sustained, six, successive years. But um, in your seven years there, what did you learn from him? Well, first off, uh, to kind of go back with your introduction on that, those two staffs and those two coaches have more respect for each other than, than anybody. Um, they might not hang out all the time, but they, they enjoy each other's company. They're uh, respectful for each other. They enjoy the competition part of it. Um, but it, it was kind of fun coaching against my old high school coach and being at Valley those years. Uh, but, but Gary Swenson, I think, is one of, one of the best coaches just because of his preparation. You know, I don't think anybody prepares as well as he does. Uh, he's knowledgeable in all aspects of the game. And, and he's really, really bases everything on the fundamentals. You know, they're going to get better at the little things than anybody else. Um, their valleys at, a, at an advantage where, where they can platoon. Uh, so kids are getting four days of reps every day at one position. And, and you can really tell by the end of the year that that helps them out. Uh, I took from that um, at, at the two places I've been a head coach, we can't platoon. Uh, but we can work on the little things every single day. And you have to in order to get good at them. Uh, I also think Coach Swenson is very good at letting his coaches coach. Uh, when I when I was lucky enough to get a job there teaching, uh, I, I I got on his staff as a volunteer running back coach, and he he basically gave me the keys to the running backs. I'd never coached running backs before. Uh, he he gave me their system and let me go. Uh, he always had an open ear for suggestions, even though I was fresh out of college, and even though he might have thought that it was wasn't going to work or anything, but he always listened and he always made a final decision. So. Uh, I really think he's very good at at the at the fundamentals, letting his coaches coach, and then the routine. You know, there's no surprises. Uh, that's that's kind of the way they play too. They're they're pretty basic, but they're going to be better at the basics than anybody else. So once you left Valley, you took over a Pleasantville program for your first head coaching job. So talk a little bit about the experience of that, um, taking over the head coaching job at Pleasantville, and what it was like uh, to lead them to success that they really hadn't ever seen or experienced in a while yeah it was uh you know you never really know what you're getting yourself into with, with your first head coaching job you know you have an idea through the interviews and things and what's going to happen and when I actually got there in town and my family moved um it it, it was eye-opening because we're, we're a little bit farther behind than I anticipated uh, but overall it was a great opportunity uh, we were in the Des Moines area which is where we had been for the previous seven years um and I went in with going, we're going to do what we did at Valley. You know, scheme-wise, offense, defense, that, that's what we were going to do. Uh, 
I soon realized that we couldn't do everything that we did there. We just didn't have the personnel. Uh, we had to try to change that. And to do that, the first obstacle, uh, I think, was to get buy-in. Uh, first off, from all the staff. We had a staff of all coaches that had been there for years. Uh, most of them were born and raised there. So in a small town, probably not um, only in Pleasantville, but around anywhere, uh, we had to beat that. We've always done it this way. We're going to continue to do it this way. Uh, attitude. And, and, and over time, we did. Uh, we kind of got the staff situated out the way we wanted to. Um, my wife and I, we had we moved. We had two kids, and we had two more kids while we were there. Uh, we really immersed ourselves into the community every way we could, uh, whether that was being at activities, being at events. Um, we we loved it there, to be honest. Uh, it was a great place for our family. Um, but as you go through that process, uh, we really had to look ourselves in the mirror and say, hey, what's going to work for us here at Pleasantville? It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. Let's do our thing. And that's where we kind of realized what I've done at CCA too, is you have to start on defense. Uh, when we got things going, we, we had to start on the defensive side of the ball. If you have a good defense, you're going to be able to do some good things. Uh, so that's what we did. We, we changed our defense to a 4-4. Uh, and for who we were playing in our personnel, that worked out great for us the five years I was there. Uh, we morphed our offense into a no-huddle offense that we kind of developed over time. And to be honest, I'll probably never go back to anything different uh, after doing that at Pleasantville. So it was, it was a great thing for us. Um, glad I did it. There, there were some lean years at first. Uh, the first couple of years, it, we were kind of wondering what we got ourselves into, but uh, I wouldn't have traded those times for anything in the world. Coach, just kind of follow up on that real quick. When you say um, you guys are no huddle, are you high tempo? Um, or are you just kind of, uh, you know, muddle, huddle? How, what does your no huddle look like? Because everybody's is different. Yeah, we, we go tempo when I call the plays a little faster. Uh, to be honest, it's more of a controlled no huddle. Uh, everybody looks over to the sidelines. We have a signal guy for our offensive line. We have signal guys for the skill, and we have two guys that are fake. Um, so if we're moving things and things are going well, we're going to get the plays in and try to snap it within 15 seconds. Uh, if not, if we want to slow it down, then I'll just wait to call on the play, and we'll, we'll motion or shift and, and snap it with only about five seconds left on the play clock. Now at, at Clear Creek Amanda, which, you know, for a lot of our listeners, a ton of high school coaches, and, and obviously Brian and I are in southern Minnesota, so, um, but you're right in the heart of Hawkeye country. So, I mean, I'm sure that feels good being a, a Cyclone alum. But, um, you know, from the outside looking in, I think one of the great staples of your guys' program is the leadership component that you have. Um, and you guys have done a great job of not only implementing it, but, but diligently promoting it, too. Talk to us about what the program looks like and, and how it has kind of evolved to what it is today. Well, I think uh, CCA is a great school district and a great part of the state. Like you said, it's a growing community. Uh, but we as a, as a school, we're lacking in identity. You know, there's a culture that um, there really isn't a, a strong culture of anything there. Uh, and that's nobody's fault. It's just kind of the way it is. So uh, when I got the job, we, we really wanted to impress on kind of building the culture and have some staples of our program and kind of for the whole school. So like you said on Twitter, you might see some uh, hashtag raise the sales. Uh, that's kind of a calling card for our district that our football team started and everybody else kind of jumped on board with, which is awesome. Uh, we have a leadership program headed by one of my younger assistant coaches, a Jackson Litterer, who does a great job with that. Um, we have some other social media people that are putting stuff out there all the time. And 
And we really want to try to make our kids better young men by going through our program. Uh, I know we all want to win games, uh, but at the end of the day, we're really trying to make better fathers, uh, brothers, uh, friends, husbands uh, for the future. So what we really want to do is we have to build trust first when you're doing leadership. Uh, as a head coach and assistants, we have to build relationships with the kids. we got to be visible in everything they do, whether it's other activities, uh, other sports, well, whatever that is. I'm in the hallways all the time. I'm greeting kids at lunch. Uh, we got to be around them. Uh, I also think in any program, you have to uh, hit your wagon to the seniors. And, and I say that, but I kind of mean two things. When, you, when every year, your team's as good as your senior class. Uh, so I think you really have to give them some ownership uh, by having some leadership meetings throughout the year. Uh, it's their program at the end of the day. They're going to get out what they put in. So I try to give those seniors as much uh, ownership as we physically can uh, without really handing over the entire program to them. Uh, but I also, when, when I first get to a job and I did at Pleasantville and I did it at CCA, is you really have to invest in the first freshman class that you have. Because no matter what, those kids are going to be your kids when they're seniors. You know, they've been through your program. So when I was at Pleasantville, we did that. And when doing that group of seniors, uh, they went 9-2 and two and got to the second round of the playoffs. Uh, this group, I just finished my third year with them. And I think they're a really tight-knit group uh, that loves football, loves each other, and doesn't like to lose. So those are some good qualities that, that we have. Um, some other things with our leadership, I try to get the kids out in the community all the time. Uh, we get in the elementary schools. Game days, we go greet kids, and our elementaries love it. Uh, we try to get kids that are, are four other elementaries in the district uh, to read, to read books in the offseason. Um, our fundraiser, we don't make a ton of money off it, but I love it as a gasathon. Our, our kids get out at the gas station and pump gas uh, for people in the community, and it's, it's a fantastic thing for, for our community to see our kids out uh, helping and just being seen. All of our youth football, uh, our, our kids are out there refereeing or running the chain gangs or um, running the scoreboard. So we have to get those kids out there and giving them some opportunities to be seen and give back uh, to everybody else in the community. And another thing with our leadership uh, that we do is we used to goal set. Uh, one of the staples at Pleasantville, we, we did a lot of goal setting. Uh, we've kind of gone away from that, but we do some mental training uh, every day at the beginning of practice. You know, we get our warm-ups in, and then our kids lay on their backs on the turf, and we talk about anything. It, it kind of gets their mind right for the day, some focus, and we always hit some leadership still, skills in there as well, whether that's just a, a word for the day or, or something that happened around. We're going to talk about it at that time when the kids have nothing else going on. They're getting ready for practice. They're not tired yet, and it's really been advantageous for us. Another thing that I really, really – enjoying we try to tweet this out every week it is a word of the week and every position group has a word of the week uh, those coaches uh, introduce the word to our kids at practice on Tuesday and on Thursdays they kind of go in depth and have a 10-minute conversation about it uh, for example it might just be um, it might be trust and, and they talk about how trust relates to the football team and to life after football it might be um, accountability it might be friendship. You know, it's a, it's a word that our coaches feel that week is necessary, and our kids really seem to enjoy it when we get to the end of the year, and our parents always comment on those things as well. So you talked a little bit about you being the offensive coordinator. You talked a little bit about 
calling plays and talking about your tempo offense. And so, you know, when we look at it and you have to describe yourself as a play caller, how would you describe yourself as a play caller to somebody who's never watched your offense in motion? That's kind of hard to say in, in, in one word or two words, but I really try to be multiple in what we do. Uh, we try to have a lot of base plays, but run it out a lot of formations and motions. Uh, so no matter the team that we have, we're going to run the same four run plays and have the same 15 pass plays. Uh, but it might look different based on our personnel and, and what we can run. Um, our, our goal is to be able to uh, get the defensive eyes moving by motion, shifts, pre-snap. And then also if we have to, like I said earlier, if we're moving, uh, that's when Temple will go and we won't motion and shift as much. Um, I really think we have evolved as, as a team with this. I think all the players have bought in. And, and I think – uh, all of our coaching staff has really come together with this idea that that we don't have to have a playbook that's uh, 50 pages long. It, it only needs to be about 20 pages long and just run out of different formations. Um, when I was younger, we, we'd get into a game and we'd, we'd start running plays, and I'd just start calling plays because we hadn't ran it yet. You know, and now we're really trying to be more intentional, uh, find the team's weakness after the first couple series and try to exploit that make our quarterback reads quick uh, and, and he can he can make a decision on that and and we're going to live with whatever he decides I also think that offensively we are getting to the point where we're going to have one base formation and really shift emotion out of that you know 11 personnel with an H back and and really get things going that way and I can't be more excited about it coaches we as we kind of wrap up um, your episode here a little bit is there anything that you're currently researching, learning, reading about, um, and why? And then also, what sources are you using that have, this offseason that have been a big uh, benefit for you and your program? Uh, really, one of the biggest things uh, I do is I, my offensive line coach teaches right down the hall from me. And we kind of go back and forth every day and just start putting stuff up on our whiteboards in our classrooms. Uh, I have one whiteboard on my, on my west wall that is only football stuff. So I always tell our coaches, this is the time of the year that let's do any and all ideas. And that's really kind of helped us out the most. Um, but what, what we're trying to do, uh, kind of to go back to the last uh, question was, we're, we're going to try to simplify our offense, knock down all these motions and shifts. Uh, we're really looking to try to incorporate some of that Iowa State stuff, uh, maybe some of the stuff that Sergeant Bluff Luton ran on uh, the finals this past year. We watched that a lot. Um, for resources, you know, with, with social media, and the internet these days, you can find stuff anywhere. So we, we like to look at things uh, from teams that we kind of resemble. Uh, X and O Labs is great. Uh, we listen to podcasts, Twitter. Uh, there, there's really nothing set in stone that we are looking at specifically, but we look at stuff every day, uh, which is kind of fun because then you can kind of sift through it and go from there. Um, other than that, there might be some other leadership books that I read throughout the year. Stone. Uh, Chopwood Cares by Jim Metcalf. So hopefully I can read some more of that stuff uh, grow in that regard. But uh, I know our defensively, we're kind of looking to change what we do defensively. Uh, may look more. We, we've been a 4-3 my first year. We did 3-4 we might incorporate some 3-3 scheme. Uh, that That's kind of coming out in college, but we ran some at Valley when I was there, and I really enjoyed it. So we're, we're looking into some 3-3 stuff also on defense. Uh, Coach, kind of wrap things up here a little bit. We have a tradition on our show in which uh, we ask the last question that really has nothing to do with, you know, coaching 
whatsoever. But if you were a professional wrestler or a professional baseball player and you had a walk-up song, what would your walk-up song be? And then you got to tell us why. <laughs> oh, I, I think you, you can, couldn't go wrong with anything Eric Church for me. Uh, I'm a big Eric Church fan. Uh, I always jokingly said back in the day when I was in college, there was a song called I Believe in a Thing Called Love by the Darkness. You know, kind of a kind of a rock song with high-pitched voice. That was always going to be my song. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it fits me too much anymore, but that, that was always a fun one as well. So I love Eric Church, and I love country music, and uh, anything him is, is good for me. 